0: Welcome back to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, only NFL podcast. One of the hosts thinks four verts are when he jumps on all four of his legs at once. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am so happy to be joined today by a first time guest. Um, You guys know him. I don't think he needs an introduction, of course, from NBC. He's also the owner of Pro Football Focus, which we reference a lot on this show. Chris Collinsworth, welcome to the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny.
1: Man, I am so excited for you. I can remember when you were just a little, you know, one of our crew kind of hanging around here and you would be on all the podcasts with Steve and Sam and um, Look at you now. Thanks for You're coming on. Star.
0: I really Good appreciate it. This is the first. Um, we are switching, by the way, guys, to now two times a week as we get ready for the season. If you are wondering where the NFC South preview is, that is the final division preview. It is coming. It is the last preview. It'll be later this week with John Yet Ledyard. Super excited to do that one. Um, but Chris is not here to preview a division. Uh, the premise of today's show is one that I uh, came up with Um Just as I was kind of coming out the end of my division previews, because, you know, Chris, we go through all the depth charts, and we talk through the strengths and weaknesses. And I'm going to do a team draft later where I end up ranking all the teams, sort of. But what I wanted to do with you is to go through all of the 10 favorites to win the Super Bowl. I'm using Vegas odds, guys. It's not my subjective opinion. And each team, we're going to try to come up with the one thing that could stop them, from winning it all. The only caveat is neither of us are allowed to say the quarterback gets injured. So (laughs) throw that out. But other than that, uh, we're gonna try to come up with something for every team. Uh, Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. I'm looking at myself. I should (laughs) come up with some makeup. That's what I need. I'm gonna go You look great. I'm
0: uh, extremely pregnant and extremely at home. So this podcast is a a safe, safe, safe space. Uh, Thank you. Um, Okay. Uh, so let's start with the favorites to let's go, let's go one through 10 rather than 10 through one. Um, and so that obvious unsurprisingly to anyone, we are going to start with the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, so this is kind of a cheat okay. because I really don't want to do injuries or death for most of these teams. Cause you could, with most of these teams identify the player who's not yep. the quarterback and, and say, that's the thing that could stop them. And it's like, no, no, shit. but, um, I do think with the Chiefs, I, it is sort of like that. Uh, the thing that I came up with just looking at this roster, and I want to hear what you think, uh, is defensive line depth. Uh, and we are in the middle of some drama with Chris Jones. I, I assume it's going to be resolved. Nate Taylor of The Athletic did report that um, the Chiefs don't want to make him the highest paid defensive tackle in football, so the Aaron C- Donald contract continues to loom over the entire NFL in that regard. But the reason I went with Jones, Chris is outside of him. And this is something I talked about when I talked about the chiefs, a little concerning, uh, the chiefs defensive line. It's very young. Um, Chris, not only ranked near the top of the NFL in just about every metric, including some of the ones you guys use at PFF. He also led the league in, in amongst defensive tackles and snaps last year. Um, And I think a lot of that, again, had to do with the lack of depth. The next uh, leading uh, defensive tackle on the team in terms of pressures was Kalen Saunders, who's no longer on the Chiefs. So you're looking at Derek Nottie coming back from injury. They bring in Amenahu, who's a decent inside-outside guy. I like Mike Dana as an inside guy. But my feeling is if you take Chris Jones out of this lineup, it's really a weakness on this football team.
1: Um, yeah, but Chris Jones is going to make up for a lot of that and, and I don't see them going into the season, you know, without him, I, I would I, that yeah. would be like no Zach Martin for Dallas. I, I, this will get worked out. I, I think, you know, one way or another, um, I, I always looked at this team as sort of tackle driven, you know, now they're going to end up, uh, Orlando Brown's gone and, uh, they come in with Donovan Smith, Juwan Taylor on the other side. I, I thought one of the really secrets to Andy Reid and what they did a season ago was how they used Travis Kelsey to help the tackles last year. Um, they did. I, it, it's almost unbelievable that he had the number of catches and the num- and the amount of yards and touchdowns that he had. Where if you went back and watched all those games, you would go, he's blocking almost every pass yeah. play, like he's literally having you know. And it's not that those guys were not good players, but they started with we're going to shore up the protection on both sides. Usually a back on the other side, or whatever the case, maybe even a wide receiver on the back side of that thing. Um, but it was the amount of offense that he created from the tight end position after blocking because yeah. he's so polished. Those two guys, Patrick and Kelsey together, are just so polished at making it work. And, 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 Kelsey, and I know not everybody cares about receivers and, and, you know, some days I don't either. Although I was one of those guys all the time. <laughs> it, it, I'm just so impressed with how, he had the ability to create offense a lot of times catching the ball two, three, four yards yeah. from the line of scrimmage. So he was really providing sort of a dual role. Kadarius um, Tony, I think, has a chance to have a real uplift in, in this offense and they're going to need some help at the, at the wide receiver position, I think, you know, but maybe it's sky Moore this year. I don't know who it is that comes out of the woodwork, but they always have somebody at receiver. Fine. As long yeah. as those two guys they just make defenses crazy. But I think you're gonna see again the focus is gonna be on those two tackles, on helping yeah. them and what can they do off of that.
0: I think your point about the tackles, I mean that would that is the only thing we have seen undo Patrick Mahomes is in, in line the Super Bowl, the right? Super With Bowl a bad famously. toe. And it
1: took a bad yeah. toe as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, Donovan Smith concerns me he was not good last year. He was very heavily penalized. However, he was also injured. And to your point, uh, not only does he get to play with a team with very good blocking tight ends that you know uses more 12 or 13 personnel than just about any team in the league right now, uh, but he also gets to play with one of the best interior offensive lines in football. So I have to think you know, the surroundings might elevate his play even as he gets used to Playing with Patrick Mahomes, the deeper drops, the longer developing plays, all of that. Um, but if he is as bad, if he struggles as much as he did last season, that's a problem. I don't really care who's catching the football in Kansas City. You could come out of retirement and be their third receiver, they'd be fine. I really believe that. Um, oh, I'm it, not doing that. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, but I like, I, I think they'll get more out of more. I, th- I like Tony. Yeah, I they probably Tony. will. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. It is the blocking. It's all about the blocking. Um, so yeah, that's, I think the other thing, that would be the only issue. Um, the Eagles, I want to hear your 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 pick for the Eagles. Like what is the one thing? This is a stacked roster. Everybody has them. You know, when you go through the depth charts, one of the best in the NFL offense, largely running it back. What would be the one thing you're like a little, a little concerned about?
1: Um, you know, it, it's hard to change both coordinators and not have an impact um, not that these two guys won't be good um, but it it, it does have an impact right I mean it, it you're, you're kind of starting over and if I had to say something else on uh, on the offensive side and, and we're not allowed to say the quarterback gets hurt I understand that but <laughs> it, 17 games is still 17 games right and I, I thought Jalen Hurts came as close to getting named the MVP in a Super Bowl on a, in a losing effort as I've seen in a long time. And, you know, he makes the one mistake. He fumbles the one ball. Unfortunately, it's picked up and run back in for a touchdown. But I really felt like that completely changed that game uh, in a way that – I thought the Eagles were on their way to potentially even, you know, winning big right, by a big margin. If that last drive there where he fumbled it – it turned into even a field goal going the other way before the half. That may well have just sort of iced the cake there. Um, But the one thing I love about Philadelphia is they always start with their offensive line. They always build with their defensive line. They're always going to be physically uh, in the game uh, as far as that's concerned. But I think that the more that Jalen Hurts can avail himself of other weapons other than his favorite, which is, or his two legs, you know, because he's great at it. He's great. Um, But checking down to those backs, allowing DeAndre Swift to play a role in this thing, just put it in the hands of Dallas Goddard and let him Mm -hmm. run around a little bit. Try to run as little as you possibly can so that when you hit those big moments, you're available, not just in the fourth quarter, but in the week, 14, 15, 16, when it really begins to matter uh, at the end of the year. But, uh, man, I, I tell you, one of the biggest things for me last year was uh, the difference that A.J. Brown made on this, on this team. It Just the RPO stuff and the quick slant and catch and run just played right into Jalen Hurts. I mean, it just played right into him. And with the way this team can play defense on the other side and the stars that they have over there. And I do think that no CJ Gardner Johnson is going to hurt him. I mean, we were just in Detroit and watched a little bit of him back in action. And, you know, he's the,
0: back. I didn't see that. That's the
1: energy time. that he brings to a defense, I think that'll hurt a little bit, yeah. but they had a great run without him when he got hurt at the end of the year. So who knows?
0: I'm a little concerned about the defense, um, the spine of the defense specifically. I mean, the what I wrote down was just young players don't step up because, as you know, last year, a lot of guys kind of redshirted. N'Kobe Dean didn't play. Jordan Davis was hurt, And then minimal snaps you saw in the Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't really need to lean on any of those young players. But now they, they, they not only need them to play, I think some of them need to play pretty well. There's an assumption that uh, Jalen Carter, who's obviously a fantastic college player, can come close to approximating Javon Hargrave's production. Javon Hargrave was one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL last year. That's a massive – even as stacked as that defensive line is, and they're getting a little up in the airs, that's a massive loss. Linebacker, he, we, we don't know. Nekove, I liked him in college, don't know. Smaller guy, I think it, he's fine with those big bodies in front of him. And then, again, just continuing up to spine at the safety position – Chris, you're looking at Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship played a little bit last year. That's a lot of change uh, up the, the middle of that defense. And, and while there's still so many stars that I'm not horribly worried, I think they'll be fine. I think just if we're picking nits here, that would be my number one concern about this team.
1: It's hard to find something though, isn't it? I, yeah. I did this a year ago as well. Like I found myself and I was trying to pick between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And, you know, the Cowboys have a nice lineup too. And, but I kept going position by position on the Philadelphia Eagles and sort of how I would build a team. If somebody was ever dumb enough to give me a team to try and operate, I, I would build, I, I would be hated on draft day. I would draft offensive and defensive linemen till I, till I died. But (laughs) they also have, all their corners still in place, which is was a little surprise, right? I mean, that yeah. was to, to get Slay and Bradbury Maddox, all those guys uh back in there to throw in Jalen Carter, who I thought was the best player in the draft. I know Agreed. other stuff, right? Other stuff was was involved in that decision. Um, But, you know, you throw Reddick at him, you throw Fletcher Cox still at him, Brandon Graham. I mean, there's a lot of ways to go get the quarterback and play with your cornerbacks that are still on that team. So if I were building it, I would build it from the pass rush and the corners. Uh, and where I would be weak is exactly where Philadelphia is probably going to, to your point, it's going to have a few issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a, you're right. It's a, it's the most modern build in the NFL. I mean, in the offense, yeah. they clearly de-emphasize the running back position. You know, they do all the things that all the nerds who work for you love. Um and yeah, it's, I mean, they're still a very, very good team. I just, uh, I'll bet yeah. You know, just curious to see how some of those young guys play.
1: Um, okay. But let's hear it for the nerds. Huh? Oh, oh hit- by the <laughs> way, are you doing fantasy football this year? We got to get you in one of our fantasy drafts. We have all the greatest new fantasy products and uh, you and me, girl, we're going one-on-one this year. We got it. We got to have a matchup. What do you think?
0: I'm in. I hear you guys, you got, you have some new stuff I've been meaning to play with and, and check out. So I will definitely get on that. Um, all right, let's see. The bills, right. this is tough. Uh, the bills are third right now, that's just interesting to me. Um, I struggled with this one. Here's what I came up with the defense can't solve elite quarterbacks. Is uh, is where I get it, it, just again, is the I, I'm I feel like I'm less concerned about the bills' offense than consensus. Um, the reason I went with the defense is, you know, we're looking at two years now where they lost at the hands of, uh, obviously the best quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes, the famous 13 seconds game, Burrow last year. And I think the reason why, Chris, and I really like to hear your thoughts on this, I went this route is like this defense is so fundamentally sound. They're so talented. They finish near the top of the league in advanced metrics every year, DBA, all that. But, um, they're not they're pretty simple like they kind of are a play we play what we play defense uh, and I think what we're seeing right now is to play the top you know the Mahomes is the burrows or whatever defenses have to have a bit more complexity on the back end you have to have a closer up front with the four-man rush which hopefully Miller's healthy So I think if like if I just go to the playoffs and I'm like what could go wrong it could be just, the defense, and we don't really know. I mean, Sean is calling it now, not being, not dictating to the offense in the way some of the best defenses do right now.
1: Yeah, and maybe you understand this. I almost picked up the phone the other day thinking about this one and, and tried to call Leslie Frazier. I mean, here's a guy whose defense is ranked right at the top, right, for the past, whatever it is, yeah. two, three, four years. And very quietly during the offseason, it was... Leslie's going to take it your way. And I'm like, What's what? Going on? You know, like, like what, what? What does that mean? And then it just kind of died off. Like, I, I, I still, do, do you know? Do you know why he's not coaching?
0: I'm not plugged in. What I think, we, <laughs> well, I, I, I wonder if we'll get an answer watching the defense if McDermott changes it up at all like agreed if, like we'll see oh oh he wanted to use more disguise and they want to play more man coverage or whatever I don't know like I'm hoping the answer will manifest itself on the football field
1: yeah and I hope it is something football related you know I mean he's a, a friend and a guy that you know I've known for a long time was a really good player in this league obviously and a very good head coach and a good coach and a, as, a, as an assistant I, and I hope he's all healthy and there's no other it's just all football related but that one sort of threw me for a little bit of a loop. And, um, you know, so much of, as, as I just told you how important the uh, the corners were with Philadelphia, I, I'm going to tell you that the safeties in this defense has really been a huge yeah. part of, of their personality. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, um, are really run the show. And because they're playing a lot of the quarters and a lot of the, you know, those guys are up and down and in and out and, and all the different things that they're going to try to to accomplish. So, uh, yeah, Von Miller has to come back. You wonder what this team might have looked like if he had stayed healthy a whole year uh, a year ago. Uh, Matt Milano is like, <laughs> it's unbelievable the story that he's turned into up front. But yeah, they they sort of do it without that that great front-end player other than Von Miller that you that you would at least attach that sort of superstar name to.
0: Yeah. Are you worried about the offense at all? Am I wrong to be so com- – um, I I don't know. It feels like m- there's a lot of uh, consternation around the – I mean, you know, it's team with Super Bowl aspirations, petering out in the playoffs. Josh Allen was hurt second half of last season. I mean, the line has some issues, but I don't know. I, I, they were an absolute buzzsaw for most of the
1: year. Um, they've got to be better. I I mean, you know, I I always think back to the Colts with Peyton Manning and when, I mean, they spent almost all their money on the offensive side, right? And then they come back in the draft here and they took Dalton Kincaid, a, a tight end, you know, they've already got Dawson Knox. Now they've got a, another tight end, sort of that stretch out, you know, and I really thought that, you know, he looked as much like Travis Kelsey. Yeah is when you watch him play, I'm like, this is almost eerie. He, he understood coverages. It was like he was playing quarterback and and sort of maneuvering himself like Travis does, just not, he's, he was never like beating somebody on a route. He was just sort of wiggling his way into there. And then when he caught the ball, he was wiggling his way out of there. He, you know, he had a lot of different ways to, to make big plays on the offense. If if they've got an issue, it probably is up front. Uh, I don't think they've ever made that major investment uh, up front. But Josh Allen sort of is the great deodorant, as John yeah. Madden used to say. He can he can cure a lot of issues uh, that they have uh, back there. It, it's also going to be interesting to see exactly how James Cook plays at the running back position. Now They're, that's that's the big changeover. You know, they've got the veteran now and Latavius Murray, but is Cook ready to go? And can he be like we were talking about with Jalen Hurts? Can he be for Josh Allen that I don't have to run it 12 times a game? I can run it four times a game and now check it down uh, to Cook and let him play a little bit. Right. And I think that's what, you know, you really have to factor in just how long this season is. I mean, if you're winning the Super Bowl, you're playing a minimum of 20 games, right? So, and, and nobody can afford to pay two of these guys at the quarterback position. So, you gotta keep them healthy. You wanna win games along the way. You wanna have home field advantage um, along the way. But, you know, that's, that's gonna be the key. Like, well, Kincaid and Knox and Cook, be able to take enough pressure off of Josh Allen to, you know, allow the big plays down the field, Gabe Davis and, you know, all the guys stuff on, will that be there? But to me it's much more about taking hits off of Josh Allen and his being willing and understanding that his health is the most important thing on this football team.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, Damian Harris also in the mix, which should help on that front in terms of, taking taken a beating. I'm just, I'm very curious to see Don Kincaid because, um, you know, Brandon Bean has talked about how when he's on the field, it's basically 11 and a half personnel. We're kind of just saying he can't block. Um, uh, so it's kind, of, which is interesting because I think we've been calling for the Bills to be like, can you be more multiple? Can you get mismatches? But like, you know, teams are gonna play them with their sub packages. Uh, so. In my mind, he's less of a, like, okay, we're going to get, you know, We're, we're they're not going to get linebackers on him. But to your point, because he's so uh, good against both man and zone, I, I loved watching him in college. I think he does give Josh Allen that sort of underneath outlet that maybe has been, missing even, even after like Cole Beasley left, frankly, in this offense. So I'm excited to watch them a lot. I'm really excited. Were you at all
1: curious as to whether or not Kansas city was going to take Kincaid? Like I I kept going to Pete falls down a little bit. Would they pull a Patrick Mahomes and just jump up and get the next generation? Right.
0: Yeah. And with what they've been able to do with three tight ends on the field, imagine you take out, I don't know, no disrespect to Jody
1: Portson, but
0: like the one of those tight ends and replace them with Dalton Kincaid. That to me would have been, and then ultimately he, like you said, yeah. Replaces. I mean, I, I actually, I really was excited about that idea, uh, but I like him Buffalo too. I think he will be good. He's a good player. Um, yeah,
1: no, me too. I, I, I think I, I understood the draft pick the minute it happened. It was like, yeah, you watch Kansas city beat you. Yeah. with a, a sophisticated receiving tight end that's not a blocker, right? I mean, you're not going to say Kelsey's like, he's a good open field blocker and he's a good chipper and get out in the route. And I'm, I, I'm guessing that they just watched and studied so much of that and couldn't come up with an answer against Kelsey, And they went, why are we beating our head against the wall? Let's just go get ourselves one of these guys. And that's what they did.
0: What I really want to see is like Kelsey and Mahomes. And I I know that's kind of sacrilegious because that's one of the greatest quarterback tight end connections in the history of the sport. If he can become an improviser, because Josh Allen is such a brilliant improviser, to your point, he's like this deodorant against pressure. Kincaid, if he can be a guy who in that second half of the play just gets open and then gets yards after the like that i think is what's been kind of missing in this bill's offense like if josh allen has that partner in in that mahomesian kelsey way who's just gets open and then gets yards after the catch that would be just deadly to stop so i like the player a lot i'm really excited all right the niners this is really hard i think personally what would you uh this is the fifth team what would you have as the one potential piffle
1: Oh, I mean, we have to go to the quarterback. I ball. know, I mean, but like, I I, what else do What else do you do? The rest of it's there. It's like,
0: yeah.
1: God, they literally destroy the Cowboys every year and and rip their guts out and make them make coaching changes. <laughs> I, I like, I I don't know, I. I I can't really say, look at that lineup and go, oh, this stinks. And and as as long as they just continue to do what they have been doing, which is have everything else work and and, an efficient quarterback, which Brock Purdy has to be one of the most unbelievable stories of all time. It either makes him like a player of the year or Kyle Shanahan, like the coach of the century. Because uh, have you ever, ever, ever seen a team that you just go, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for this team? Well, I mean, that, that's, that's that goes against everything that we've ever talked about. The
0: to, to that end, let me pose this. If you had to choose between a Brock Purdy injury and a Christian McCaffrey injury, that, that sounds sick, but you don't understand what I'm saying. Like who's more important to this offense. I'm keeping McCaffrey and I'll, I'll roll out there with Darnold or Lance. I don't know. I really would.
1: I, I mean, could, could we go all the way down to Brandon Allen and be okay with San Francisco? I don't know. I like, I, I, I don't know anymore. I, it, it's, it's, it's nuts out yeah. here. So I, I, I just think it's pretty amazing that, that as a play caller he's gotten to the point where if they can do these things and he so much of what he does is not even about gaining yards it's about setting up a play that they want to get to in the future and the minute you start reacting to those setup plays he's gotcha right um but I, I, I hope Brock Purdy's okay. I, I really, I loved watching him play last year. I, I, just, I just literally couldn't believe the last pick in the draft is out there just dealing the way that he was. And, I mean, I can remember it, not that I care one way or another who won the game, but just being so disappointed in that championship game that we yeah. didn't get to see, we didn't get to see it, right? I mean, those were two really dominant defenses and powerhouses and the coaching was great. And then all of a sudden it was just over. I was like, "Ah, oh, damn it. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, what am I going to do the rest of the day? Now I got, to, you know, I was like, what? And then Christian goes, I got oh, this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fine. I'm not, I, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, even if he was like, Twenty percent worse than he was in those in that back half of the season. I still think this offense would be fine. Uh, I I I've, I mean and the McCaffrey I, effect still... to me is just so was so dramatic on what Kyle was able to do with space and manipulating coverages yeah. and and he of course has the injury history, so you know, knock on wood for him. And tonight, we still so don't so.
1: even know what Trey Lance can do, and you know, I just. Yeah. They, they traded for him for a reason, you know, not that we'll ever fully know what that was, but um, you know, they, whether it was him as the runner or his, you know, was he thinking that, you know, I want my own Jalen Hurts here. I can set up throws that are easy enough for him to, I, I don't know. I, I still don't completely we'll understand. Ne- we'll never
0: but. know. Probably. Sadly. We'll never see that experiment. I know. All right. Let's take a quick break. Come back and, and get to that. The, the Dallas Cowboys are next. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull, and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and older only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wagers only. Must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com. Slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1 800 next step. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1 800 522 4700. Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Iowa, call 1 800 bets off. Louisiana, call 1 877 770 stop. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1 800 327 5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris Philadelphia if you are someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER that's 1-800-426-2537 or in West Virginia visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net wow. hey guys a uh, quick thing before we get back to Chris uh so as soon as I stopped recording with him I realized that I had a complete brain fart and forgot to mention the Bengals who are I think fourth in Super Bowl odds oh, fourth or fifth in any case, um, what I would have said is to Chris is I, if I had to pick one thing that I'd be a little bit concerned about, and there's not a lot with this roster, which I think is fantastic, probably just the inexperience in the secondary. I've talked about this. Um, obviously, you have Chido obi Ouzier coming back, Taylor, Cam Taylor-Britt, cornerback, played well uh, last year, especially as the season went on. But, you know, you got a lot of new pieces in place, uh, Nick Scott and Dax Hill starting at safety. Mike Hilton's a veteran there, um, but, you know, the cornerback depth is young, too. I will say I was watching uh, the Bengals um, last night. I'm recording this later, and Dax Hill made, like, an awesome play from the center fielder position. He broke up a pass after D.J. Turner got slipped and got beat by Christian Watson. So he looked great, Uh, and uh, Jordan Battle, Tyson Anderson, young safeties played. I thought they also looked really good. Turner did get beat there, but he had some nice moments um, as the game went on, a closing speed on the pass breakup. So it definitely looks like they have the young talent in place. I think the reason why I went there, and and again, we're picking nits and talking about what would stop these teams potentially from winning the Super Bowl, is, um, you know, I think one reason why... The Bengals' defense has been so fantastic against the best quarterbacks in the nfl is how well coached they are Um, their ability to make halftime adjustments and execute them and you know i think jesse bates and von bell with their experience were really 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 good for them so you know with luana rumo calling the defense you're never too worried but those are tall shoes to fill but, yeah, you don't want to react to one pass breakup, but good grief, Dax Hill, what a play. So, anyways, secondary from the Bengals. Sadly, won't know what Chris would have said there. Um, all right, back to our guest. Okay, I'll go first for the Cowboys. The one concern I have, not the, de- the defense. I think I actually have is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, it's, about, it's neck and neck with San Francisco. I wrote, Mike McCarthy's going to come in and run the football too much. That's my concern, uh, and I and I say that with a lot of caveats because we don't know. It's been a while, and he also, by the way, people f- might forget in Green Bay for years did call a pretty aggressive uh, in terms of passing on early downs offense. Some of the language in the offseason just did make me a little bit concerned when he's talking about Kellen Moore and balance, and the and the reason it concerns me, Chris, is not just is not that I have like a knee jerk aversion to running the football, although. Um, I am the proud owner of a, I think, PFF made throw the damn ball t-shirt. But (laughs) the Cowboys ran it too much last year on first down and they sucked at it. And when I look at this roster, I don't see a team that I expect to be better at running the football. I see a team with a very, very good uh, one, two, three punch at wide receiver. um, Question marks at tight end. So this is all entirely hypothetical, but I would say the change at play caller and whether that leads to more conservatism would be concerning for me.
1: Well, uh, maybe Zach Martin saw some of those press conferences, too, and said, <laughs> oh, you think you're going mean, to run, run the, the ball, ball? More without me? <laughs> yeah, like, more that. Oh, really? <laughs> Give me the 20 million these guys have been getting yeah. over here instead of my 13 million, and, and we'll go at it. <laughs> yeah, deserved. Absolutely deserved. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's I don't know it's it's a funny game isn't it it's like you can you can make this stuff up and you can look at it across the board but somehow it's still going to come back to dak it's just going to come back to dak and and you know he has every reason to succeed he is polished he is smart he has a good arm he is mobile he can do all the things that a championship quarterback can do and yet it has been one defense that has stumped them. You think about the the year that they had, the last two years, they beat the 49ers in those two games. We're we're talking about this as one of those knocking on the doors of the Super Bowl at the very least, right? But it's like, you know, matchups make good fights, and and that matchup does not work for those guys. And one of the reasons, I think, is – that the 49ers are not going to blitz them. They're not going to create easy throws for Dak. They're just not, you're going to have to, you know, deal with those guys, Fred Warner and those guys. And, and, you know, they just play it really well. It's not a complex defense. It's not something that fools you. It's not, they just play better than you do. Uh, And they've got great pass rushers. They have people that are just going to get after you uh, on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, Tyron Smith, how how many more years does he going to be able to to keep going there? You know, I, I don't know. Micah Parsons, apparently, he's getting after him pretty good in practice and, uh, in Dallas, and
0: yeah, right everybody <laughs> in
1: practice, right? So, um, I you know, I, I don't know, but I do know this: at some point in the playoffs, your offense has to be able to put up thirty points against some really good team. At some point, right, you have to win the game on the offensive side. You can't score, and I don't remember what the last two losses the 49ers score was, but they didn't score much. I know that. I remember that much about it. Um, And so you've got to have that Christian McCaffrey. You've got to have somebody that is just going to make a play when nobody else does. Jalen Hurts, who's just going to scramble and make a play. Can Dak do that? Yeah, he can do that. Uh, but I think they're going to have to play it aggressively. I think we're going to see more and more teams out there that are going to go for it on all those fourth downs, so Dak should be doing some squats, you know, to try and get ready for that quarterback sneak. Heck, I think Dallas drafted their first-round pick, that Mozzie Smith, just to try to stop Justice. the quarterback sneak for the Eagles. I do, do,
0: do you think? Are you hearing that? I was actually going to ask you you were talking about Jalen Hurts because, like, it struck me last year. As such, an unreal advantage in terms of being able to use all four downs. The yeah, you know, and, and granted, the Eagles are they have a quarterback who can deadlift a zillion pounds in the best offensive line of football. But do you think this year we will see a significant amount of teams doing the tush push more often?
1: If they don't, they're stupid. <laughs> they they you have to yeah because it, it's well think about the combination of right. So a now you're forcing. A minimum of six, if not eight people, basically inside the tackle box. There's only three of them left. So if you you want to take a shot on fourth down and you've got C.D. Lamb sitting out there, then shoot, I'll take all day. You think yeah. Patrick Mahomes? If you got in that against Patrick Mahomes, that he wouldn't go. Hey Travis, he would he would just he wouldn't even be a free. He wouldn't even call it in the huddle. He'd call it the line of scrimmage. Hey, Travis, look what these dopes are doing. They got it. You're you're one on one. Just do whatever you want. I'll get you the ball. Right. So it creates offensive advantages that I think you have to take advantage of. You have to say, this is, and and you're, you're, it's already an advantage. And how, when's the last team that drafted an interior defensive lineman with their first pick? I mean, it had to be in part because they couldn't stop that interior run game of the Eagles.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting for you because I don't know when the first like, for example, the first Colts game is on your schedule. But like, I would assume if I'm you and Anthony Richardson's coming out there, they're using all four downs, not just because it's Shane Steichen, but because Anthony Richardson is built like a freaking linebacker. And what an advantage, what an unbelievable advantage in terms of optionality and play calling. So like when you when you watch that team this year. They're, they're going to, like, it changes everything. It changes everything for the Eagles. It should change everything for the Colts. Um, yeah, I can point to, like, a, a bunch of teams. And 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 by the way, maybe don't use the quarterback. Use another player in your team, right? Like, I think that's something we'll see, too.
1: And we'll probably see Travis Kelsey do it this year and, and yeah. throw four passes, you know, <laughs> get under center and drop back. I mean, we're going to, it, it, I was so happy they didn't change that rule. I was. I go, oh, this is going to be the no fun league. They're going to change yeah. that rule. Just because somebody cracked the code on something, they're going to, you know. The, the one thing I, I am a bit concerned about, and I'm sure the league talked about it, is the way teams are trying to stop it now is they're jumping linebackers over the top.
0: I saw. I I saw I think somebody, the thought yeah.
1: is, right, I think the thought is that, okay, you can do that, That's like, yeah, you can run your quarterback, but we may kill him in the process. We're
0: gonna fight back, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and our guy may get thrown out of the game, but if your quarterback is out of the game, you know, I mean, you hate to talk about it in those terms, but safety had to be a little bit of the discussion on that play because that was what people were doing. And just the mere fact that these missiles were flying across the line of scrimmage at the quarterback has to be a little bit of a concern. So all the, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills jumping over the top, I mean, the the Baltimore Ravens jumping over the top and fumbling the ball, you know, I think you'll see more quarterbacks just staying low and getting out of the missiles' way.
0: Um, the Jets, I feel like we can do this one really quickly because I feel like I know what your answer is going to be. What is the one thing that concerns you about the Jets? I feel like I know.
1: Oh, that's easy. That's, that's the tackles. That, yeah. That's... Right, we we've got to at least one of those guys has to come back and play here, and um, you know, Mackay Beckton played a little bit um, the other day, but it, Dwayne Brown, I think, is the key. Dwayne Brown is the guy that if he's back, they should be fine. The old saying, and you know it well in the NFL, is you can protect one tackle, but you can't protect it two. You can't protect two. Um, and so if one of those two guys are back and what the Jets hope they can be, then I think everything will be fine. Um, if not, then, you know, it's going to have to be a magical year for Aaron. So.
0: Ali Veriteca is working out tackles today. (laughs) I just saw that.
1: Uh, Uh, that is not uh, uh, surprising. Yeah. Which is. He played every position but quarterback last year.
0: He's such a good player, um, yeah, but good yeah, player. I mean, to your point about, I mean, Rogers last three years, the discrepancy in terms of his splits when he's kept clean versus under pressure goes from 76 QBR to 17. Uh, now that's obviously all quarterbacks see a pretty big dip, but as he gets older, I mean, yeah, we don't need to talk about it. It's pretty obvious. Everything else looks pretty good in New York. Did you call the Ravens Bengals wildcard game? By the way i did yeah okay so the ravens mm-hmm. are next um I'll, so i'll go i'll go first first i want to say i recently we watched that game it's i think i encourage everybody to watch it just it kind of goes to what i was saying about the bills in terms of okay how does your defense play a great quarterback i think what mike mcdonald has done with baltimore in terms of creating confusion in the minds of these quarterbacks through what he does with his corners, with the SIM pressures, all of that. This Ravens defense is really fun to watch. And they gave your Bengals the hardest time, I think, of just about any defense in the NFL. That said, my one concern for them, even as as good as I think the play calling is, is on the defensive side, and it's just pass rush. Um, yeah. I thought they would bring back Justin Houston. They did not. They Clowney's been there. I actually kind of like that. 'cause of the inside outside stuff. But you know, Adafi Owe, uh, do they just haven't he hasn't really taken that leap yet for them. David Ajabo played a little bit at the end of last season. Maybe he can be the guy. But right now when I look at this roster, I'm just kinda like, where's the pressure coming from?
1: I, I, I agree. Ajabo has to be the guy, you know, who's hurt basically his whole first year. And um Owe is is a guy that we saw make the game-winning play against Kansas City when they upset the Chiefs there. I don't know if it was an upset, but they beat the Chiefs in, in Baltimore that one game, and he had the sack fumble or the strip sack, whatever it was. And so uh, it, it's there. I mean, there's there's some talent there, but there's not that one guy you have to take out of the game. and And it really hasn't been a huge part of, of their scheme there. You know, it's not like they've always had this superstar edge player and they can get after you in a few different ways. And certainly uh, Roquan Smith has made a huge difference uh, on the defensive side of the ball. The other one that I found really interesting was Kyle Hamilton. And, you know, we're seeing more and more of these six foot three or four corners that can, or safeties that can run down the middle of the field and take away that that over the top or that back shoulder seam kind of route against the quarters defenses and all that. So I, I think that we'll see more and more of those kind of players. Even Arizona now is taking one of their linebackers and putting him in that <laughs> same sort of bigger role, right? They're, I know they, they they've tried
0: just about every other position with him. So yeah, <laughs> they get away. yeah,
1: yeah. that's a good point. Um, so yeah, I, but I, I I think the big question for me is that okay they finally invested in receivers. I can't wait to see it. (laughs) I can't wait to see it. It's possible that they're great this year, right? That they just right out of the, you know, they're scoring 30 and Lamar's MVP again. And, you know, maybe all that stuff happens, uh, but it's going to be really interesting. They have invested a lot of resource in the passing game. Yes. And they have won a lot of games not in the passing game and not investing in the passing game and basically relying on Lamar to make plays. So this is, this is, this is a paradigm shift. This is where this is different. So I, I think it's going one way or another in Baltimore. I think it's going to be great, or I think it's going to really struggle.
0: I think you bring up a good point. You know, I've been like so over the top excited about this Ravens offense, imagining what it could be. What it, I don't know if you saw there working um, Patrick Card as an offensive lineman now, um, which I think might have a little bit to oh, do with, yeah, with roster uh, rules. And the Ravens yeah. are really good at that kind of stuff, but also tells me, oh, my God, you're really this 11 personnel. It's happening like because they love Patrick Card. They want to keep him in the building. But that, that's that's a guy being sort of phased out a little bit of the offense. But to your point, like, there's been so much frustration with this Ravens offense and, and so much like excitement about the receivers finally, whatever. The Ravens offense was good. Like, when, when Lamar got hurt, they were like a top three uh, efficient offense in the NFL last year. The run game has been absolutely dominant. I think um, it's been especially hard for defenses to stop because of the way defenses are built now. So there is a little bit of a risk that as you make this transition to spreading things out more, maybe the run game doesn't look as good. I personally think that the space and just Lamar and the offensive line, it'll be fine, even with fewer blockers on the field. But it, you're right. It's a question. We haven't seen it. We're going to see it. It's a total experiment in Baltimore.
1: I, I mean, I really, I, I think they're one of the more intriguing teams to watch early in the year. Of course, we'll all be watching the Jets and everything that they do. But um, quietly, Baltimore, and because it's, you know, Baltimore isn't New York City or L.A., you know, it's not getting a lot of conversation. Uh, But, you know, just to pay Lamar alone was a huge investment in the passing game. Uh, but yep. then to go out, I—I I mean, I love Odell Beckham. I, I hope Odell Beckham is back to being what he was in the first quarter of the Super Bowl, right before he got hurt, and uh, just yeah. lighting the world on fire. And, and uh, so, anyway, my, I can't wait to watch it.
0: I can't. I just can't wait. Okay, two more teams. Uh, what? Who? Do you, what would you say is your biggest concern about the Detroit Lions?
1: <sighs> it's tricky. Um. The Detroit Lions, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to say it's one team. I'm not going to mention the offensive line. That's the strength of, of kind of who they are yeah. right across the board. This is a it's it's a good looking team. Um, and I, I, I think Jared Goff has a chance. Not quite there yet, but I think he has a chance to be a huge steal. I always looked at Jared Goff as being a throw-in to get off the books of the Rams, to get that salary off the books, and the Lions had to take him. And if that had to take him, all of a sudden turns into the guy that is the right guy for the Detroit Lions, which he kind of is starting to feel I Remember, they lost their first 10 games with him. They're 0 0 and 10. Yeah. And the world was collapsing. And then they would go 3 and 3, something like that, the rest of the way. And then they come back the next year and it's like, all right, we got it. We cracked the code, right? We got it going. And then they're like 1 and 6 again, you know, to start the next year. And then they go on this unbelievable run and almost make the playoffs. Uh, And you just get the feeling that golf is starting to fit into that Ben Johnson offense. And, um, you know, let's give Dan Campbell some credit too. I I told him this, we were at the practice yesterday and I told him, I was like, I go, I, I really respect the fact that you came in and called the plays, you turned it around, you changed coordinators, you called them, it started to work much better and then you still gave it up at the end of the year. Like whose ego would allow you to be the savior and then still give it over to Ben Johnson and still have it work The way that it did. And then I still don't know why Ben Johnson didn't take one of those jobs. I I think he had a great shot at the Carolina job and just either he didn't think he was ready or he didn't want to leave what he thought was a loaded football team. Um, You know, I'm not sure on that. I did see the one guy, the couple of guys, Sam Laporte is going to be a good player for them. The tight end. He's, He's going to be a good player. And Jameer Gibbs, the running back, even though they've taken a lot of heat, you know, for drafting a running back, but the big surprise I think for them this year is going to be Brian Branch. You know, Brian Branch is just slide. He's a safety really? from Alabama. He's sliding. They're right using him as safety. He can play he, deep. Yeah. He can play in the slot. It gives him versatility okay. with CJ Gardner Johnson. It, it's it's just it's just. Keep an eye on that guy. That's the one that. They're really- no,
0: one of my favorite picks of the draft. So, but yeah. I, you know, they obviously did a lot to augment the pass defense. So I was kind of curious to see, um, you know, I mean, with Aaron Glenn too, and what he did in new Orleans, I think he's a really, really smart guy too. I, I, I'm excited to see how he's used. If, if they didn't keep Brian or Ben Johnson, pardon me. And if the offensive line wasn't so good, I would probably pick Jared Goff regression, but they didn't, they did. So I'm not uh, going to pick that. Uh, so mine is a little bit nitpicky, um, but I wrote run defense, uh, which, um, yeah, you know, in the second half year. of the season, I thought, yeah, the, the, the pass rush really improved in the second half of the year. Pass defense was better, as I alluded to. They've added a lot of, you know, you, the corners and the safeties and all that. Great. Uh, but when I look at the depth chart, I, I'm like, I know they drafted um kid out of uh, Iowa, Campbell, but... It's pretty much the same uh, front seven wise. And this is a run defense that was, re- I mean, really, really, really bad at all three levels. Maybe they'll be better in the open field with the safeties and stuff. But, you know, I actually have this like kind of, and it sort of pertains to the Eagles thing, um, working theory, which is I think three years ago in the NFL, you could suck at run defense and it didn't matter. But now I think you have to be competent because there's too many uh, extremely good rushing attacks amongst the top teams in the league. And I think um, the Lions, that would be the thing that I'm worried about.
1: Well, it, the other part of it is nobody cares if you run anymore. You know, it's, it's insane for me who pr- grew up on <laughs> with Forrest Gregg as my head coach and the Green Bay Packers and philosophy and all that stuff. I mean, I literally have to kind of shake my head like that when I'm in there and these guys are going, I don't care if they run for five yards. I don't. I don't care if they run. I go, what what, what do you mean you don't care? I
0: think Brandon Staley said that the other day out loud. It's going to take them 12
1: (laughs) plays to go down the field and not make a mistake, not have a holding call, not fumble the ball, not throw an interception. And if they're taking 12 plays to go down the field, believe me, at some point we're going to stop them for one yard and then I'm going to hit them with a slot blitz, and then we're going to – that's the reason the whole game comes down to getting teams to third down. So if it's third and you pick up six yards and then you pick up two yards and it's third it's third and two, defensive coordinators will take that all day. They'll put their nickel defense in there. You got the guts to run the football, go ahead, you know, go ahead, because I'm going to be putting some exotic blitz on you or, or whatever. So the game is so fundamentally changed – I think that, you know, uh, are some of these running backs that are averaging five yards a carry right now, Jim Brown? No. Defenses have changed that have said, go ahead. Take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, out of Joe Burrow's hands, out of Josh Allen's hands. You want to run it for four yards? Lovely. Go ahead. Do it. And that is that is the one thing that I think that we are seeing some of these big defensive linemen coming back into vogue because they're trying to stop the run with just six guys. And if you're going to do that with just right. six guys, they better be pretty big guys.
0: What well, You're saying like that's how Philadelphia lost to Washington is they just got ground yeah. to death. And that's a team to go back to our earlier conversation that has a very modern build that realized halfway through the season We got to bring in Linval Joseph because we can't, like, we're just, you know. um, I mean, we're talking about Detroit. I I saw this Detroit team, you know, versus Seattle just run counter over. And Carolina did it to Seattle. And I I just think we're kind of hitting that inflection point where it's like, okay, we've all deprioritized run defense for now for, like, four years for the reasons you described. However, now when you look at the best offenses in the league, even including Kansas City, Cincinnati, they can all run the football and they can run. Pa- they're, they're, it's a power running game. So I think things are starting to Sorry, This is a way longer yeah, conversation, I mean, it's weird, right? right. But it lines, is the
1: nuance right? of the game. Like who would have yeah. ever thought that Tyreek Hill could have been forced out of Kansas City? I mean, they all just sat back and that they'd be fine. Right? They sat back <laughs> and cover four and cover two. And like, yeah, we don't yeah. care how fast you are. My guy's going to be 25 yards deep. Come on. Come on down here. Throw one deep. We're going to go get it. Uh, so, I mean, these coaches aren't stupid. They, they they know what they're doing. And even though you're seeing some of these astronomical rushing numbers out there, it's not because the players are better. It's because the philosophy yeah. of how they're playing defense and forcing you to go the long way. Now, I think eventually that'll change back and then they'll go back to bump and run and coming after the quarterback. And, I you know, I mean, it's, it, it just changes no, it's like even in midseason, usually by the end of the year, like you've been on three different waves, you know, it's just it's like it goes in and out and one team gets hot totally. and one team's defense starts playing. And then everybody starts copying that. And it's just you got You got to follow this league day by day to know what's going on.
0: What San Francisco. That's a power running game now. Yeah. They do not run outside zone anymore. That's like the exhibit A. Like you got it just every year, it changes week to week, halfway through the season. It's, and we did a segment on NFL Live, and, and I um, shout out to PFF again. Uh, thanks to my ultimate <laughs> trial, I was able to get the numbers on uh, the different types of runs and just power and counter, which just started going through the roof uh, midway through last season for the reasons that we're talking about. Okay, the final team uh is the Miami Dolphins. Uh I haven't really talked about them losing Jalen Ramsey for much of the season, so that's certainly a factor. I still think that they'll be okay because I just love that defensive line. I think Fangio will protect the corners a bit more. So I wrote um the offense doesn't solve some of the problems they ran into at the end of last season. And I'm not even talking about Tua's health, although certainly we can get into that. Um This was an offense that like was a buzzsaw as you saw through most of the season and the defenses started playing them a little bit differently. The chargers game notoriously. uh, And in weeks, you know, in the final two, his final four games, he, they really, really struggled to be as explosive. So I think that they need to sort of show up this season and they have week one against the chargers, which is going to be a freaking awesome game with some counters. And, and I think the offense needs to evolve a little bit.
1: I mean, this is a team you can't watch enough, right? I mean, they just, they have those yeah. take your breath away moments, whether it's Tua running. I can't remember calling his game. And calling. I was like, what's he doing? Get down, get down, get down. Um, you know, or the receivers in the big plays, you know, they pick up another uh, speedy back and A-chain. And, you know, so th- this is a team that, that is just going to have it. one of the, the the great things about explosive offenses is you get cheap points. You're going to have probably average one per game just somebody did something crazy. But those teams can also look bad. You know, when the Chiefs had evolved to that kind of play mm-hmm. style, those that were able yeah. to contain it, all of a sudden they didn't know what to do really. You know, they were they were it wasn't that they didn't know what to do. They obviously knew how to adjust. They didn't have those kind of players, right? So if everybody's going to play something very soft against this offense and go go ahead and run the football, but you're going to run inside zone all day, well, that's not what they're really built to do, you know. And so it's uh, what's the old Bill Belichick? Make them play left handed. Make them make them hand off inside zone forty times in a game and see if they can beat you. And and so I I don't know. I, I just. I'm so intrigued. You're getting me fired up now. I'm so intrigued with all the (laughs) the moves and counter moves and things that have been done in football. And now you you put it out there and you see which one was the right theory. And then 15 teams use that theory to build their team the next year, right? How many Philadelphia Eagles teams are we getting built now? Because they look good at the end of the year and Kansas city chief teams. Um, but yeah, I, I it's I'm pumped. I'm, I'm ready to see this this thing get
0: going. <laughs> I said mean, that was just googling to see if that was the Sunday game. It's not. It's the Sunday afternoon. I thought I was like, oh, maybe that's the first Sunday night game. I think Dolphins Dolphins Chargers. One of my favorite things. I'm looking forward to. I just think that offensive coach versus that defensive coach was it? Was that Sunday night that when they played? Uh, when uh they played late in the season. We played. Last we did the and uh,
1: Dolphins and Pittsburgh. That was one of them that we did. I, oh, I I'm just, so uh, bad. It was like, them, yeah, I can, I can remember every yeah, yeah, pass I, was... I dropped in my career. I can barely remember any touchdowns <laughs> So, and I know I had a couple at least.
0: <sighs> no, I mean, I, I met a loss too. I'm trying to think, but anyways, um, this was great. Thank you so much. Got me excited for the season. Um, just a reminder to folks, uh, go check out those fantasy tools. I'm, I haven't, I haven't looked at them yet, but you I'll will. definitely check them out. And, uh, yeah, I'll get into it. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. This is really it's awesome.
1: great talking to you again. Good luck. Wow.